we're gonna record now. I think my challenge is the range. The range? I get really, I can get. Really you can get really loud. That's good. I want to see that today. <laughs> the excitement. Right. Let's get crazy. We have started. Okay, here. What is today? Today is September twentieth. Oh my gosh. One day before I get my new iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> Fall happens. I'm, just I'm, probably, I'm glad that we need to. We, we, we need to continue to mark this podcast by your <laughs> the <laughs> countdown. Yeah. Um, anyways, it is September 20th. It is 9, 10 in the morning, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. This is An Educated Life, episode two. I am your host. My name is Min Su Choi. Today, I am with some wonderful people. Here to my left, we have Matt Diamond. How are you, Matt? I'm good this morning, man. Oh, Thank you. Good. Yeah. And then to my right is the beautiful Grant Burns. Truth. Good morning. How are you, Grant? <laughs> I'm doing really good. I'm very excited about this. So. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Again, you know, this is all new to us. It it's, is new. It, it'll feel, you know, if it feels awkward, it feels great. I think so. We're probably doing something right then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, to set up our time together, um, I, I love uh, this concept that we are doing this semester, this idea of just furthering our education in the world of student life. Yes. And really piggybacking off of some of our beautiful seminars that we have done so far this semester. Um, Grant, can you introduce us to our topic today? Yeah, our topic today is uh, the fear of failure, specifically Ooh. how to how to how to tackle that with a good theology of failure, which you know the point so that we did our seminar last week on that a little well, it wasn't even really a seminar, it was like a worship service in which we talked about theology of failure. And the fact that uh, as a faith-based institution, as uh, most of us here, it will, most of the students here are Christians and whatnot, that we are in a faith that is full of, at least by the measure of the world, it's full of failure. It's very confusing. It seems counterintuitive. It doesn't seem to match a lot of times with the education envir- educational environment that we're in. And yet... There are a lot of truths we need to kind of tackle. So I have a little outline I wanted to review for those who were not there. And this is um, taken from a book by Gary Sitzer. Uh, it's a theology of failure. And there are five truths that he brings out that I think are so powerful. And when you hear them, you kind of, at least for me, as a Christ- person who's been a Christian, been in church for a long time, I can kind of nod my head, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when I really think about how the truth, how it applies to my life, it actually is more, much more confusing. It seems like, wait a minute, hold on. Is that really how it works? Do I really believe that? So number one is not all failures are sinful. So getting a bad grade, not getting a job, it doesn't mean that you did something sinful. Oh, wow, it seems really simple. But honestly, a lot of people be like, what am I doing in my life? That's wrong. Why isn't God blessing this? You know, that kind of language. Second one is all sinful failures. So let's say you did sin, like you stole something, you lied about something, you were, you know, you hated someone in your heart, whatever. They are, those are all forgiven by God. Those are already all forgiven by God. We're redeemed for all of our sins already, if you're in God's family. Third one is God is progressively working to transform us and our sinful failures. Uh, there's, that's the sanctification process. That's the growing in your faith process. That all of those things are bringing us closer to God that process. The fourth one is no failure defines our identity as Christians. There is no failure that defines our identity as Christians. And five, no failure will have the last word in our lives. And we read 
some scripture. Um, we read part of the 21st chapter of John's revelation uh, about the new heaven and new earth coming down. And that's the actual last word on our life is the new heaven and the new earth. It's not any failure that we do here on this, this earth right now. Um, so those are, the, those are the five truths. I think they're beautiful, especially all taken together. The final encouragement or the, the like one of the overarching challenges that I talk to, them, talk to the students about and definitely to myself is how much these truths, the reason why they don't sink in, the reason why they don't, that it's not as easy as it sounds just, just reading them off is the fact that failures often make us feel a lot of shame. And so we, we, we retreat, we avoid, we hide from our failures or from a, a failure that's coming at us um, because we think that if we do fail, it'll, be, it'll mean we're, we're terrible, mm-hmm. we're broken, mm-hmm. we're not worth it, whatever. There's so many messages. So, yeah, that's the overview for failure, uh, the theology of failure. Now, with that in mind, I mean, we're, we're all pract- we're practitioners, the three of us. We, we do this day to day with the students because most of their stress comes from like tests coming down, the, coming down the pike. I have this event that I really want people to come to, but I don't know if they're gonna, <laughs> anybody's gonna come. Um, there's this girl or there's this guy, like, I, don't, I don't know how to talk to them or whatever, you know, whatever. All these potential failures, that takes up a lot of airtime in my life when I'm talking with my RAs. Um, what do we think the function of failure is in our lives and then how do we talk about it with our students is it something we bring up as a necessary thing is it something we try to avoid you know whatever so that's the that's kind of just want to open it up and talk about that good i think maybe to start um maybe the failure of this morning that as we talked about earlier we don't have some of our most wisest voices around this table we're <laughs> yeah. missing <laughs> our wonderful women yes. uh, that can participate in this conversation. But I think, you know, th- your theology that you talked about is beautiful. Um, theology of failure. But most of the things that you referred to as talking with our RAs are performance-based. Very much, yeah. Cultural reinforced. Mm-hmm. Which allow them to be perceived as able then to move forward onto the next, whatever mm-hmm. that be. And so I think separating personhood per- from performance is one of the first things. Oh my gosh, yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And we, we tie mm-hmm. those things together or we, or we flip them. Mm. Like our, per- our personhood is our performance sometimes. Oh my gosh, yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, Min spoke in uh, my business class last week and the thing that I heard actually in, in the two papers that um, people were writing that stuck out to me uh, they walked away with saying you need to fail as much as you succeed and that idea I think allows us to create that maybe healthy distance between the two personhood and, and performance um, but yeah the, the, just some of the first thoughts that oh man yeah no I, I completely agree with that one yep so being able to separate them is <laughs> it's very important hmm Mm. Um, the reason why I say uh, I talk about this idea of like try trying to live a life that really really normalizes both success and failure it's there's I think there's a couple reasons one I think um, just like any hobby any anything that you do like for fun um, when you're enjoying it you don't care whether you are learning it quickly or learning it slowly. You mm-hmm. don't care if you mess up. 
there's low stakes, but it's fun and you're learning how to do that. Uh, for example, like when I started playing guitar, um, it bummed me out that I couldn't play some of my favorite songs. Sure, right? yeah. Because it took a level of skill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I would work on it, you know, day after day, and slowly I would get better over time. And um, that was fun. And so every time I hit a wrong note, it wasn't, I wasn't like sulking. It was just like, okay, I'm just going to redo that. Another example is like a runner, like a high school runner. Uh, when they run like a four nine and they're trying to get to like a four six, mm. they run as hard as they can. And as they get older, they go from, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year. It feels the same. It feels the same. They're running as hard as they can, but somehow their time keeps decreasing. Right. Mm. And I think it's really, really hard to gauge unless you have some sort of external marker or someone else being able to observe you, mentor you, give you feedback about what, like what you're actually doing in life. That's, um, that's meaningful that, that, you know, that you can start judging, you know, success and failure. That's what I'm talking about. I think internally it's hard to tell whether we are actually at the, the boundaries of our capabilities, our mm -hmm. performance, our thought process, our knowledge, our skillfulness, all those words. Um, but that's why I think it's so hard for our students is because we hide those, uh, those things out of fear of like failure, meaning this, or not, you know, not having success, meaning this, does that make sense? I don't know. That's one thought I had. That's very abstract. I'm sorry. <laughs> so you're waiting more coffee. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so let, let, let me try to I, I, let me try to tease out some things from there because I think I think I know where you're going, but I I'm also, gonna edit all of this out actually. <laughs> <laughs> don't, no, don't, no, no, don't, don't, don't. So no, but I, when when I was hearing you talk mm -hmm. about um, things that are easy to fail at, but then you keep progressing mm -hmm. when, when you're when you're we're creating creating that mindset or that culture because if it's like multiple people doing it, mm -hmm. in which. Failure is just like part of the fun, like being like goofing up and be like, hmm, okay, hmm, how, how do I turn this differently or play it differently or say it differently or whatever, um, whatever task you're at, whatever skill you're trying to do. Um, what is interesting to me, what was most interesting to me and in, in you telling, giving those examples was um, what is it about the context that we are presently in that 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 isn't fun it's not fun to try a bunch of different things it's yeah, not exactly. fun to um to kind of like be like oh wow <laughs> never doing that again let's try it. let's do this. what is it about that creates the hiding that you don't that you covered up the fear you mentioned what wh what are we doing that that's the, that yeah. that makes it not cool to be like wow that, that paper was terrible i'll try that again or hmm that interaction i just had as an ra uh, it was kind of awkward um hmm, how, how do i make a connection better what is, what are we doing? Cause I've, we're part of that as professional staff. What are we doing that makes it so it's not fun? <laughs> like, it's not okay to be like, I messed up. Yeah. So one like pre-thought before mm. answering that question is that, um, it's, it's really weird in an educational environment where there is an expectation that you follow the syllabus that you literally submit to what the professor is asking for. Yeah. I know there's a lot of students who, who can't really utilize creativity or innovation because yep, that's, you know, the paper has to be 
a thousand words yeah. or 10 pages, double space. It has to be this format. It has to be this, you know, MLA and stuff like that. I mean, what if a student was like, you know what? I want to actually video record. I'm, I'm going to create a YouTube video of my right. paper. I'm actually mm -hmm. going to just read it mm -hmm. on YouTube and do something. You know what I mean? Like there's none of that going on around that. And so I feel there's, like when there's when, some, there's some, maybe there is a little bit, but that's not, that's definitely a rare thing True. I would say. Right. Um, on the flip side, I would say an, an A in a class doesn't mean you're being successful in life. Right. And I think a lot of students need to stop thinking that way. And just to, just to hit the check, check boxes and meet the expectations, that's not success. And that shouldn't be your, that shouldn't be a definition of success on any level. Hmm. And I think you mentioned a couple of things like it sucks getting rejected uh, by someone that you like, that you asked out on a date, but that shouldn't be so crushing that you never do it again. Or you, you're basically looking at yourself in a negative light, whether it's like, you don't feel like you're worthy of, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're not interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not yeah. worth somebody's time. So that's where I start. I, I think our definitions and our framework of success and failure need a lot of retuning because of what you said, Matt. Like sure. there's a lot of cultural pressures. That are, there's a lot of norms that we don't question and we don't like actually investigate. Why should we feel that way when we experience this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Richard Rohr would say that it's because we're a country of threes. Like we've, <laughs> our systems are made for the sure. threes. Sure. Enneagram threes. Yeah. It's, it's very much achievement based mm. with your personhood. Um, I, I think, I mean, I, I might be a little biased right here, but um, I'm really starting to ask the question, where does this, where does this start for Christians? Because um, Carl and I have gone back and forth about some of our fundamental differences and how we handle things. And like you between the two of you or yeah, just in just Christianity sorry, in general. Okay. Two of us, but we're looking through the lens of our, our journeys of faith. Yeah. So she grew up in a church, um, Sunday school all the time and very much internalized, I think developmentally at an early age that there's a right and a wrong. Mm -hmm. And, and then those categories stuck. Um, I didn't grow up in the church and my first encounter with Christ was very grace saturated. Mm -hmm. Um, and Carla can make a small perceived mistake and be very ungracious to herself for quite some time. A spiral of um, that it's a huge deal and it has huge consequences. And I can make a big mistake mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and be and be like, "Wow, I just messed up." But I um, some of the the language that we're using is what's what's your bounce back time and how much is it laced with grace. Mm -hmm. So if, it, if, if those two things are absence, yeah, we're going to avoid any sort of failure because of the punishment afterwards that we largely self-induce. Yes, yes. Is mm. so heavy. Yeah, I see my, in my daughter, Ava, um, she doesn't make a lot of mistakes that I would perceive as mistakes. Uh, and, um, but she's really hard on herself. And... <laughs> trying to look back like where did she get that because I'm very very grace laced we're very mm. play culture uh, but she was a, in Sunday school as a pastor's kid for oh yeah a couple years mm. so I think I think developmentally internally one of the things that I would like to look at is people who come to faith in their high school years when they're asking more of the broad questions of you know what are some of those um, what is right and wrong and, and who gets to determine that versus 
growing up or your early years and the first developmental developmental thing is no don't do that no yes do this you do that you get punished Mm. and that moves into some of our first pictures of god yeah oh man that's heavy Mm -hmm. and i've never known that and so when you know carlo how can you be so gracious to that person or to yourself i'm like because the grace of isn't that isn't that kind of part of the main story um but i forget that i didn't I missed that first part. Yeah. My younger years. So when you're in conversation, I mean, it's awesome to hear how like you, you're processing with Ava about it. Mm. How do you, when you're talking with your students, then how does that come out? Yeah. I always try to frame it, uh, as that what you're feeling is really important, Mm. but it's not matching that this is actually a relatively small thing in the course of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's huge. Right? Yeah. Because they feel the perspective. weight of perspective. This is going to affect my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, no, this is going to, this might affect your learning. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a long road, right? Because y- you say those words a couple times, um, but they're waiting for the hammer to drop. You know, and, and I think that um, there's, and we're also kind of in that hard space of we're mentor and supervisor. So we can give grace to a variety of things, but there are some lines that they cross it means probation or, or it has consequences for the floor or whatever house apartment. So I think it's, it's a hard line to dance. Um, but I think that as trust builds, they start to believe it and hopefully they see it, mm-hmm. um, or hear it in our stories or whatever, but. That's huge. I think I, I always use a me- metaphor of like the. I think we have to understand failure as like you know when we start like a marathon or a five k or whatever. Mm-hmm. If we yeah. stumble on the first step, it's not that big of a deal. You just get up and you start running again. Right, right. But I think a lot of students feel like they're stumbling at the finish line and they're like breaking their leg. And if they don't actually, you know, <laughs> get back up and, yeah. and get there, they're actually going to lose the race. Yeah. And I think that's just that's perspective. For, for the most part. And it's hard because I think this is like where wisdom is desperately trying to impart this idea of like, you're not going to, you, you, you have an experience, you know, your late twenties, your early thirties when it, when stakes are even higher in a, yes, in, a, right. in a, in a, yes. in a way. And you have, like you have dependence. Yeah. There's different levels of failures in life. And what you experience in college is only a small portion of life. And there's so much bigger it, like, life is bigger than that right. like what you're saying and it might be the safest time to make mistakes i think so oh right. yeah i mean hopefully we're I and mean, that's part of what i'm asking what we're asking here is like how are we doing that yeah to make to show that i mean what you said is it's always one thing to say something it's yeah. another thing to show it but you can't just show it. you gotta it's always framed in language um oh what was i gonna I had a thought there, and now it's left me. It will come back. Do you often like? Do you guys often think of failure um, as it pertains to like shame and how people view themselves? Because I, I often, yeah, and I think that's that's important to talk about. I always talk about failure as like their like like meaning in life and like. Uh, future success and legacy and different things like that. That's how I often frame uh, failure. And I don't know, like, I don't know why I keep leaning that way in a way. And the reason why is because 
I always try to frame it like, you know, often students talk about like their failures adding up so that they can't get their dream job or get into that grad school or find that perfect person yes within the next four or five years mm -hmm. and i always try to like flip it and and talk about well let's try to frame failure in terms of 10 15 20 years like what do you want when you're 35 not yeah. when you're 25 <laughs> and like it's an interesting conversation because they i think for, like they usually start off like i haven't really thought about that and i think it's so it's so important to think about like the long run the the long game when it comes to life rather than just what's the next step and I think it's just like it's so myopic to think of failure as affecting just the next two years because that's the the reaction to that the the overcorrection of that is just so huge because it's so imminent it's so urgent mm -hmm. it puts a lot of pressure on students I don't know what you guys think of that I think that, uh, that that's actually where I was trying to go when I lost my thought. Um, it was, it is, uh, what, what are we doing? Well, it, it had to do with like, okay, is there a difference? And you can tell me what you think about this, but is there a difference? And I think there, I think there is between shame and guilt. And to me, shame is the like stopping one. It's, it's the, it's the thing that makes you freeze. It's the one that makes you hide. Uh, so when you think about two years out or something like that, you're like, Oh God, I, I can't, I can't go that direction. Mm -hmm. Like if I do this, thing if I fail at this then I'm done mm -hmm. I don't get another five years mm -hmm. you know it's, it's like pretty drastic in people's minds but to then guilt to me is more of an action-based thing of like I feel bad about my action I feel bad that I failed I don't like that I failed but it's 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 more energizing mm -hmm. to me it's like yeah when you fail the reason why it's a failure is because you probably shouldn't have done it or or you made a mistake or you didn't prepare enough whatever but the guilt is how do you not do it again right instead of you suck don't even try right and so if being okay with some guilt because i think that when talking about failures what i have to be careful with or if i felt i need to be careful with is not to just be like don't feel bad don't feel bad actually feeling bad's fine sure feeling the pain is fine it's, it's stopping it's good it's good yeah stopping hating yourself hating someone else because they made they've quote unquote made you fail yeah. that's what's bad yeah. the the pain of like oh i'm i didn't prepare right or i was selfish or whatever blah 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 that is that's okay that's part of how to then be like okay well shoot five years i want to be better than that so i don't make this mistake you can be hopeful to the 10 years out because like you know what i'm going to grow and i'm going to try to not do that i'm going to mess up a bunch of times so that when i get there and I get the thing that I want or something that I hope I want, mm -hmm. you know, like I can survive there. I'll be, a, I will be stronger. I will be closer to friends. I will be closer to God. I'll be closer to my dreams. Yeah. Um, I, you bring up a really interesting yeah. point. Like we just went uh, in our staff time, we talked about talent and it was um, a speaker from ACSD that uh, it was one, one of the keynote speakers. And he was talking about um, people with different mindsets there's a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. Mm. Um, it was popularized by Carol Dweck. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, you know, in her research, she found like, this is what like basically shaped 30, 40 years of her research, which was she, she found kids early, like in elementary school, I think, who a good portion of them would not want a more difficult puzzle after solving it. They, they, was, they were like, oh, I'll right. Just, I'll just I'm done this one. Yeah, this is I topped out. I'm done. Right, I'm yeah. topped out. And and that was totally against her hypothesis, which was she thought that everybody 
would get bored of this one and want something more challenging. And I think often, I, I try, I don't know, it, it's something that I'm also in, like just exploring a lot. And it's something I explore with my RAs of like, where are we in terms of like our mindset? Do we really believe that we can grow? Mm -hmm. Like, do we really believe that everything that we're doing now is actually really building up for the next season of life, mm -hmm. the next phase of life that we're going to encounter and experience? And do we really believe in that process? Or is it kind of like, you know what, you're all, you're given everything, you know, now, and you have to keep it. And the only thing you can do is either keep it or lose it. Like that idea, like, mm. you know, like credibility. Scarcity, man. Yeah, it's, it's almost like that. And so it's like, you become very protective. You become oh very, gosh. very like risk adverse, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's like, I think, I think some students really struggle with that because they, they're not in, uh, uh, accounting for the fact that they should be on a trajectory, right? Like everything that they're doing now, mistakes, success, all that. It's, it's, it has to be compared, it has to be relative what, to what's gonna happen in the future. And I think that's a very difficult concept to live out. Can I have, ask a question about this yeah. specifically? I, I, I think I know the, well, I don't know. Let me just ask it. Mm -hmm. The view of college, of going to university as not the real world, mm. as like an island, like a weird vacation, mm -hmm. a weird separate thing from the flow of your life, I think that contributes a lot to the scary, like fears of failure here. The reason why is because I hear so much. I mean, tell me about this. When you're talking with your seniors, they're like, I got to take advantage of this. This will never happen again. Mm -hmm. I got to do this because when am I going to have the opportunity? I hear that so many sure. times. Is the, there, There's that sense of scarcity. There's that sense of like, um, I will never get this again. It's exact, it's that like hoarding of opportunities, hoarding of a thing. Mm -hmm. And so when you feel, when it, the view of your higher education experience being like the only time you get to do, you know, fill in the blank, you're going to not want to fail at any of it. Cause you're like, it's a limited amount. It's a limited amount. Sure. It's a limited sure. amount. Mm -hmm. Like I will never get to do this again. I never get to try this again. Like this new thing, go, go to this place, you know, overseas, this new leadership opportunity, these people like you <laughs> talk about the, the like, dating thing. Like I hear this a lot. Oh, I'll never be in a place where there's this many Christian men around <laughs> or women. <laughs> or women or people yeah, right no yeah, yeah. i no, i hear that with the scarcity piece um and i i think i think a lot of it right is how we look at things mm -hmm. the, the reframing the growth mindset that you talk about mm -hmm. i think really makes a lot of sense when we talk about a skill a um uh, or, or some sort of performance piece something that we were talking about before because i'm thinking when I start, first started jujitsu, I used to beat myself up for messing up oh, yeah. or getting beat. Mm -hmm. And then talking to the black belts, they're like, you're really only going to accelerate your learning if you get beat like 10 times a night. <laughs> right. You posted recently about getting, getting like learning through just, just getting pinned all the time or whatever. Smashed. Smashed. Yeah. Right, right. So, the, but I think when we talk about, you know, getting better at writing papers or creating pieces of art or some sort of performance related piece, I think part of the scariness um, and some of that scarcity leans into that we it feels different when we fail in a relationship, hmm. right? So hmm. jujitsu, the art gives me grace. I come out next time, I'm better. Right. I turn in the paper, it's better. I make a, re a relational s mistake, I might not. Mm, not get another chance. Right. Because it hurt. It hurt. 
mm. might create a distance, create some pain, hit the hit a button, whatever. And we've all seen how when we drop the ball, forget something, offend, that uh, it's it's not the same. And that's where some of that personhood comes into, and that scarcity of. Um, there is so much good and so much opportunity, and we have space, more space for grace, right? And when you get post-college and you're working job and trying to be rent and then be intentional with like three or four other people <laughs> yeah. while you're exhausted, <laughs> um, yes. there is a, there's a little bit of um, that I think that we're better at the performance side than the relational side or the personhood side. And it's, I think if we could just find ways to swim in grace. Yeah. Um, but th- that's what I think when I talk about um, students that are relationally like I got to take uh, advantage of this, and I look back and I st- I have this I still maybe even it informs some of that culture because I said you know my one regret was not studying abroad. Hmm. That was one, my one regret. I'd still love to study abroad, give Ava that opportunity. Yeah, um, but the cost is much higher. The the it feels more scarce, but. Um, yeah, I, the more that we talk about this, the failure piece, it, I just, I keep coming back to that grace for some reason, mm-hmm. just as it needs to be right after, right before. Like, I mean, I would go even further. I would say grace plus like hope. Yeah. You need yeah. some sort of, I like, like that. I like that. You need some sort of framework for the future too. Like it all adds up to something mm-hmm. glorious and beautiful, mm-hmm. uh, down the line. I think. Um, a loss or a failure or a broken relationship or whatever. Um, it's, I'm, not, I'm not talking about silver linings or anything like that. I'm, yeah. I'm literally talking about like ownership. Yeah. yeah, take ownership of it. Yeah. Like kind of get closer to the pain, get closer to like that, you know, that deception or lie that you are not good enough or whatever, like that going into, veering into that shame territory and then reverse engineering it and being like, okay, I can use that as motivation. I can use that because I have hope that I can grow and that I can um, achieve, that I can be the type of person that I want to be. Yeah. But I think that's a, you really bring up like a very interesting thing that I think some college students, um, and I've I've experienced this, like whenever you ask them what they want or who they want to be, you know, and not just like character stuff, but just like, like if you had total freedom, like what, what, what are the, some of the things that you would pursue? And you just see it on their face. They're, they're running through the gauntlet of all the narratives and all the pressures and all the things that they've been told and all the things that they've been like, kind of like behaviorally kind of like <laughs> indoctrinated to. And it's, it's a struggle for, I think some people to recognize that they've been voiceless for, t- for so long. Mm-hmm. Like they've, they really just kind of latched on, you know, the, the, the main pro- antagonist in Italian job yeah. You know, he like yeah, betrays yeah, yeah. the oh, team and right. then he just, what does he do? That Norton character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just like, he takes everyone else's dreams yeah. and hopes. And he, had, he puts it all in his mansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he defends it. Yeah. It's, it's like a castle. <laughs> yeah. And there's no leaving it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's not someone who has not, no creativity, no voice in what they actually want. And so what they did is take from everyone else. And I think not everything in our culture is good. And so when, right. we, when we try to leech onto that, it really creates this 
very interesting dysfunctional. Well, dynamic. think about it. Think about it. like so with the hope, I and mean, that, that what it touched on me is that, so I have young children, and um, seeing what they want to be. So we're t- we're deep into discussing our Halloween costumes right now and what is it's frustrating sometimes because they change their minds all the time and you kind of be like you know financially i gotta invest in this but (laughs) as it relates to failure they just smash up whatever they want Mm -hmm. and be like i want to be this so my son is like i want to be darth vader captain america and wonder woman cool Mm -hmm. like all together at the same time and i'm and i'm part of me is like what the heck is wrong with me because part of me is like well that's will you can't do that like why <laughs> who cares yeah. like that's awesome if you want to do that that's great to me that was just connected to the hope piece with like what do you want to be how do you want to make it happen one of my favorite questions to ask the ras when asking like what do you want it's specifically like what's your dream job but i always go what's your dream job if it doesn't exist tell me what it is to make it right now which is a very natural thing for a five-year-old to do yeah but not for us because we'll be like well um, I would like to be an AC or I want to be an engineer <laughs> or I want to be like, we're not even talking like back in the day when you'd be like, I want to be a major league baseball sure, player, sure. but like, I want to be a major league baseball player who drives like, a, a, a like a, um, an excavator and can fly. Like that's what my son would say, mm-hmm. right? It's the whole deal. Like why not? So it's the hoping, it's the dreaming. It's the like, well, if it doesn't exist, it's the, I think, cause we have so many of these categories right now that. Most of them, when I ask a college student that, they can't make up their dream job. It falls into specific categories. And because it falls into specific categories, there are ways to not hit that category, to not meet that category. Mm-hmm. I think the failure mind, like the, the fail as much as you succeed mindset is one in which you can go, well, I didn't hit this mark, but wow, look what happened over here. I didn't hit that mark, but mm, this opened up. Right. And then you start to form this crazy cool thing that builds and builds and builds. And uh, then you can arrive at your, you know, when you're 40 and you're like, I had no idea this was going to happen, but I was building towards it. Mm. Or maybe I did know it was going to happen, but I, I, it formed over time through these chipping away of things. My, my favorite answer to that question, what's your dream job? And if it doesn't exist, what would it be? Was from a guy you would not expect. And he said, I would love, I would love to own a flower shop. And I would, dr- I would have a flower shop with a coffee shop. Uh, a coffee, um, you know, a coffee bar attached to it. And I would drive a pink Corvette around because it would throw people off when I would walk out of it. And I would like make people happy by delivering flowers to them in this pink Corvette and serving coffee to them. And you're just like, at first I laughed and I thought, that's actually incredible. If you could do that, that's awesome. That's actually what you want to do. Because part of it was like, hey, I, I want to surprise people. Mm-hmm. It's going to surprise them when I come out and do Anyway, it, it was a little bit flippant, but not really. I just yeah. appreciated that he actually was like, you know what, if I really, if I see myself in 10, 15 years, why not do that? Mm-hmm. But that's not a thing. But who mm-hmm. cares? It's not a thing. It could be a thing. Right. And he'd probably fail because people would, it would fall outside of categories that people would set for him. Mm-hmm. But he's yep. going to like push through and try to make that thing happen. It's probably not going to end up with the idea that he could bring things that aren't in the same categories together. Uh, to me shows that sort of mindset, the mindset that we want to see in our students. Yeah. Every, like every interesting story like that, like Bob Goff's new book, he kind of goes into that a little mm. bit. This is a guy who got to read it. Yeah. Like gives balloons out to CEOs and stuff like that, just to make them, his office is in like Disneyland or something like that. Right? <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. He's that kind of character. Right. I mean, the reason why I bring this up and mm. I, I like talking about this as it pertains to failure is because I think failure limits us. It puts us in a box. It, it prevents us from exploring, from growing, from expanding, things like that. And it's not, 
it's not just to so that you can do whatever you want and like remove all inhibitions. I think it really helps you actually get very specific about what who you are. Mm-hmm. Like you you get very honest and you get a very accurate picture of uh, like your skill set and your mindset and your desires and things like that. But then that that accelerates you to do those those things that you really are made to do. That God has uniquely made you and placed you here on this earth mm. to do. And so like Bob Goff and this person is a really good example of that. Like he loves, you know, the fun stuff, the Disneylands and stuff like that. But he's like, he's a, I think um, his story is in um, one of, I forget which African country, but basically he goes there and he basically um, converts um, one of the chief um like shaman Mm -hmm. people and like it's a it's a crazy powerful story at the end of his latest book and he's doing some amazing work in there and and he talks about how not everything went his way in that you know a lot of really really hard things and really difficult things and a lot of failures and setbacks have happened in his life but i think a person who is not adverse to failure understands the purpose of failure understands how failure actually makes us stronger and helps us navigate hardships and adversity like that that's kind of like where i go with it and ultimately that's why we talk about some of this other stuff that seems like very very high and lofty in the clouds but i think it starts with just us seeing a bigger picture mm-hmm. more perspective understanding grace understanding hope seeing that it's a trajectory and that every failure is actually not um not something that takes away from us but gives us an opportunity to add to our life and gives us more information and understanding and wisdom about how to navigate this hard and difficult life that, mm-hmm. that it is sometimes. Yeah. I think when you talk about limits, I think of Lauren Fong just, mm-hmm. just sure. recently, right? Sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just wow. <laughs> she had, she had always said that for a variety of reasons that a mountain wasn't going to be something in her story. Oh, but a lot of her friends love mountains. And so she's been their cheerleader cheerleader and, and uh, for her to go up in bad conditions and climb South Sister last weekend, yeah. she's come down and she her her metaphor for life right now is that she just has chocolate smothered all over her face. Yeah. <laughs> she's just smiling all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But more than that is I think her lim- perceived limits for herself mm-hmm. just extended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just moved. Yeah, you did, and it wasn't just like a little tick up. No. It's like a big jump out. Big jump up. And I yeah. think and I think it it came with some good things too. Like she said that um, she's not going to be as she's not going to let either her own voice or other people's voice limit her in what she thinks she can do, and uh, she's going to be okay with trying because she thought as we tried, probably not going to make it. Mm. Well, that's okay to think that and to go for that, and if you don't, it's fine. Turn around. Yeah. And a job opening that you really want doesn't open. That doesn't mean it's closed forever. Right that relationship didn't work out. Mm-hmm. It's okay. What would you learn about what yourself? Mm-hmm. Would you mm-hmm. learn about who you want to be with? Um, I've been hitting that note so hard this week. Have you really? With a couple of my RAs. Yeah. yeah. Like it's super important that execution is, it's so much better than opinions, even mm-hmm. our own opinions. <laughs> like literally I've been telling, Just like, do something like, <laughs> you know, what, you know how you, I, I think a great way to temper failure or the fear of failure is really just playing your own game. Like just playing your own match in your own mind and even letting your own opinion just kind of dangle there to the side. It's fine. But what do you do a day in and day out? Like what do you execute on a practical level? That's what matters. And in the, at the end, like 
even if you feel like you can't do something, like go up a mountain, but you go try. Like to be able to have that resiliency to just go do it and even like battle your own mindsets and mm -hmm. things like that, that's huge. Yeah. And I think execution, that's why execution I think is, is so much more important than any sort of opinion or like someone letting you or giving you permission or whatever. All of that is just talk. Mm -hmm. Just go do it and see what happens. But mm -hmm. if, it, if, if the fear incapa incapacitates you or paralyzes you, it literally directs your life. That's when it's a problem. Yeah, the panic zone. Yeah. You want to get them in the learning zone, right? Yeah. It's never, I don't think this podcast has ever been about like loving failure. We're not here to like say <laughs> no, like, no, no, should, no. like look for it or be irrational about like, mm -hmm. like what you do or how you assess yourself and what you pursue. What about this summer? I mean, this summer, because we probably got to wrap up soon, yeah. but like this summer, I mean, the what what I'm hearing at the end here, which I think is really would be a good place to leave leave it at, is like if there isn't a possibility of failure, if there isn't some fear, mm, you're right. probably not trying very hard, and you're not probably going for anything you actually care about, and it's probably not meaningful. It's probably not meaningful, yeah. right? And so that's what we're. I think what you want to do is you yeah. want to bring it close to that yeah. edge. Yeah. You're not seeking to just to like pick something that there's clearly you're you're not going to do in that moment. Not that you could never do it, mm -hmm. but like you know, me go and try out for the basketball team right now. Like that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, trying out would, but like being on the basketball team wouldn't be happy. But like, maybe I want to just like learn to play basketball better. Mm -hmm. Just like go shoot. I guess yeah, you I haven't just Matt. go shoot around. Yeah. What if your goal <laughs> was to beat Matt? Diamond? No, yeah. Know, to beat Matt. Exactly. You know, I think about your, I think about your, your first three weeks. though, grant that you, you pack them full of stuff. I think uh, it's great to go after and do those things. And then it's also to realize, okay, now it's downtime. Yeah. You know, when, when we push forward after some dreams, it's not just all, this is the thing that I've had to learn with achieving, being part of both strength and challenge. That button doesn't always need to be on, mm -hmm. right? But yeah, push after it, gather, reflect, learn, grow, boom. What are you going to go after now? Mm -hmm. um, it's more when, that's when that muscle, you know, if we, don't, if we don't use it very much, then I think we start getting to that, I don't want to take this risk because of the hurt, mm -hmm. or I, I did it wrong last time, and... Those sorts of things, but uh, yeah, I, and right now there is some truth to. I don't know if we'll ever be surrounded by such amazing people right now. Mm -hmm. I think so. The access yeah. to it, so there is a there is a exponential opportunity to learn right now. Seize it, get it. Yeah. But then give yourself grace when you get out of it. I think that's what it is. I mean, I yeah, you're right. As I think it would be easy to interpret what I was saying as like. Well, this is, it, it is actual reality. Like schools, it's not, it's not going to be the same reality. It is reality. It is a reality. That's all, that's just like a whole nother soapbox I can get on. It is. It is reality. It's just not going to be the same, uh, but it's, it's what we're trying to, I think what we're speaking against is the paralysis. It's the, no, I'm not going to try. Um, the, the like identity damaging fears and limits of the failures. I think thinking I need to take advantage of this. So I need to then, you know, I need to take advantage of this fill in the blank yeah. kind of thing is summary. really good. Good summary. But it's the letting it smash who you are as a human. You're saying no more than you're saying yes. You're, you're, you're self um, soothing through Netflix, drugs, sleeping, whatever it is. Yeah. That's what we're speaking against, yeah. I think. Good word. Good awesome. close on that awesome. one. Thanks, guys. Great hour. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Grant. Thanks, Matt. All right, that's it. I still don't know how to end podcast. Matt, mm. you can end it. What do you want to say? This was fun. Can't cool. wait to do it again. Awesome. Yeah, me Sounds too. Good.